0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved.
1: Episode 1,358, air date November 14th, 2023. God's chosen lunatics there. I heard what you said about uh, their affinity for Zionist appendages. I think that was pretty much spot on and, and a fresh bit of vocabulary that people needed to hear. So thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, we're living in a very interesting time where we have two things going on, Ryan. We have people who are openly fascist, censor people. And then you have these, frankly, bullshitters like Trump, mm-hmm. like the snake and booby fucking Kennedy. And you have both phenomenon taking place. And none of these people, the common thing is none of them are working people. None of them have actually worked a day in their lives. They all come from above. So they have no understanding of everyday people's lives. And this is all a game to them. And so when I said they all suck Zionist cock, it's a very, very reality that every working person, what, what, what they would call from, for I grew up in New Jersey, you say, And we're living at, a, at this time where uh, the United States has been literally dominated and in many ways hijacked by Zionism. And you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. This is something... Yeah, of you course. Know, most it's, it's a sort of ideology. What? Yeah. Well, most Zionists are Christian Zionists. And what's happened is um, uh, literally the zionists out of israel have made a very very and this is well documented have made a significant effort to literally um, um engineer themselves into all the evangelical groups all over the bible belt in the united states so you have all these very hard-working people who are frankly very very ignorant who get joined into these cults and that 70 million uh group of people um, are the ones that the the you know sort of the very conscious zionists used to manipulate u.s policy and that's what's taking place so you have this fool mike johnson you know who's now the uh uh, second third in line to become second in line to become president who is the speaker of the house and if you look at the first proclamation he did was he said we must all defend israel and then the third second proclamation only 10
1: people opposed it
0: right and, and the second proclamation, and 97% of the Senate supported it. And the second proclamation he, he did was, by any means necessary, we should take out Iran's ability to have nuclear weapons, including supporting Israel. So it, it's like you can go to any country, you can blow their stuff up, and you can violate all sorts of international laws, and this is all acceptable behavior. And so we, so the United States leadership has become a criminal organized crime factory that's what it's really become yeah and it's sort of fascinating that i'm the only viable presidential candidate who will be so vituperative and vociferous on this i mean the other fool cornell west is he's a doofus that they bring out every two to three years to say some stuff and then they send him back to princeton and the other aspect of this is those people opposing zionism from a very liberal standpoint A lot of these quote-unquote liberal Jewish Zionists out there protesting—you have to really recognize that they've been doing this racket uh, as far as I remember since '81, when I used to be involved in many of the big um, protests—is they always control these protests and all become ceasefire now, peace now. We don't want to have our hands involved in this, right? Yeah, because that's worked for forty years. Yeah, it hasn't, and it's about them. It's not about the Palestinians. About them nodding, feeling guilty, and ceasefire really means as i said in that video ceasefire really means we're going to take one step back which is israel and then we're going to go two steps forward one step back two steps forward so ceasefire yeah, they have is- to
1: they have to stop bombing people so that they can bulldoze more homes and annex stuff i think it's a little deeper than that you see stuff like this you're on the white side or the right side of history i assume mm-hmm. that's a real sign you never know anymore cuz of ai you can't tell the difference but it's uh, it's you don't see huge protests for the 1,300 people killed in Sudan in the last three days. You didn't see huge protests for all the Iraqi and Yemen babies that were starving to death slowly. The yep. war in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. You don't see it about the Congo. It's because when it's brown on brown or black on black or some mixture of that, they don't care. You didn't see when it was Ukraine and Russia, it's whatever. No, huge. the fact they supported making that war worse. But with Israel and Palestine, you'll have the left will accidentally come down on the right side because they just, they have, they identify with the loser. And so in this case, Israel's the more powerful party. And so they hate them because it's, it's like white colonialism or whatever. They're describing a, a biological explanation for why a state is behaving the way they do. And so like, it's not has nothing to do with their genetics. It has to do with their government and their belief structure. We see that a lot to the left. is just sort of, they, you saw it in Syria. They sided with the rebels with ISIS because they're losers and they sided with U- Ukraine because they're the loser. They just see who's the weaker party. That's my team. There's no principles involved. It's just a vehicle to exercise their own hatred and prejudice towards race, success, capitalism, whatever they hate anything good. And that's, that's why I don't like it. It's like I, I'm absolutely pro-Palestine. i got to boycott a jewel flag that I personally made. They're definitely in the right. They've been abused more than almost anyone. And yet uh, you see all these communists and stuff and left-wingers running out there and acting like this is a racial conflict. You have another group that acts like it's a religious conflict. It's neither. This is a conflict of power. And you know, the Zionists, Jewish supremacists, God's chosen lunatics—whatever you want to call them—they're going to keep doing what they're doing as long as the U.S. enables it. And and to st- to Israel, align from you: if you want to end the occupation of Palestine, you first have to end the occupation of the U.S. government, and that's something also echoed by uh, Pat Buchanan. I think he said Congress is Zionist-occupied. So how can well, we? You, how see, can we see, end that, the occupation? Yeah, of the American so, so, media. So,
0: yeah. So let's just. So, so let's before we go there, I want to sort of just go a little bit deeper into what you just talked about, uh, sure. Ryan. Is this so? This left and right division. One day, if you, you'll find people, a lot of people, fifty-seven percent of people voted for Obama, who also voted for Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And then people who were into Trump then thought they would go to Kennedy. Right. And then people were into Kennedy thought they would go into Tulsi Gabbard. We have a guy, you know, we have a global movement, Truth, Freedom, Health. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But we have a guy. It's very funny. Quote, he goes, you know, first I followed, um, you know, um, Obama. Right. And then I was going to go for Sanders. And then I supported Trump. Then uh, I almost became another abuse victim and I was going to go with Tulsi Gabbard who's a warmonger. Right. And so. What's happened is without a theoretical foundation to really look at the world, theory meaning capital T, not lowercase T, which means right. a framework, people are always going to be jumping from one bed to another. You see this fool Jackson Hinkle. I mean, overnight he gets 2.2 2 million followers and the fucker is promoting Trump. Trump is a fucking Zionist, you see? So you have this left-right divide. That's and, like
1: 23.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying how does he overnight get two to 3 million followers? Because he is anointed to go um, own the Palestinian issue and mix it all up with MAGA communism, talk all sorts of shit, sort of a a big samosa of a smorgasbord of political nonsense. And, but ultimately drive, drive the views to Trump. You see who's one of the biggest. And you know,
1: he's favored by algorithm because a lot of the new accounts that are pro Palestine Uh That just suddenly they've blown up. They all yes. just learned about it this year and right. the old school stuff with, you know, Norman Finkelstein and Allison Weir and Grant F. Smith and Scott Horton and these people that like Gideon Livy, these people have been talking about this for decades. They didn't get the push. Um, and I'm glad new people are talking about it, but I thought it was weird. It's sort of like they want the, the novice to be the head of the, the argument. And th- those are the ones that I get are debates are. and stuff. I'm like, yeah, don't debate something you learned yesterday.
0: Well, yeah. So so I think we need to step back and say, what is the foundational theory that you use to look at the world? This is a very, very important piece. What is the framework that you use to observe the world? And, and then there are various models, right? And the thing is, which gives you the most closest view to look at reality? So mm-hmm. you had this model called you know, classical liberalism, right? You had um, things called German materialist philosophy, right? So if you look at the arc of human history, it's been people attempting to figure out how you get more liberation, freedom from the time of slaves. And so this has been a long process that's taken place and it's gone through various mistakes, but most of it has been um, identified by philosophers, theories, okay? So even the, you know, the entire American revolution was based really on classical liberalism. And the, cl- and the idea here was that the government, that the state exists to make everything really cool, right? It's gonna work out everything. It's gonna be the concept of John Locke's social contract, right, that was this thesis that we're going, okay, you don't have certain things, I have more things than you do, but instead of us going to war, we're gonna have a social contract. And the concept of the state comes as a result of that. Um, and that was really, you know, what classical liberalism is. And when Adam Smith and at the time when Karl Marx comes into being, right, then the model was: okay, the state actually doesn't exist to make everything hunky-dory, it actually exists to perpetuate class antagonisms. So Marx got some observations right, but he wasn't able to project into the future. There's a lot of mistakes he made. So he's
1: good at identifying the problem, but his his antidote was well, even worse.
0: Well, ninety nine percent of his stuff was actually retrospective, and this is what people don't understand. Only one percent of his was looking into the future, and he made made mistakes. But nonetheless, a lot of people who have not read his work or Adam Smith's work or uh, John Locke's work or any of these. They were actually, believe it or not, from the classical liberal tradition still. Lenin's work really said that we need to smash the state. The state must be removed uh, from this equation. It was getting more into sort of the libertarian model, believe it or not. Okay? Uh, The concept of Soviets was decentralized. But foundation. many of the mistakes that were made, including by John Locke and all these guys, was it was all based on philosophical thinking, right? A theory of how the world was not based on physical laws. It was only in 1957 with the work of Ilya Prigogine, and, and in the subsequent stuff that I've added to more recently in system science, um, that you find out that there is a foundational set of engineering principles that drives the world. And this really came out of the 1900s. Now those principles have existed actually, believe it or not, in ancient systems of Indian and Chinese and yogic science for tens of thousands of years. And there is, yeah, yeah, so there is a way to uh, understand the world. And, you know, if you study engineering science, there are nine foundational principles of intelligent systems. And those principles are what we use to build a microphone, to build an uh, aircraft, to build everything we have around us today that are based on material reality. And so, you know, in 2007, when I finished my Ph.D. work, I went back to India and I was able to intersect The world of engineering system science with ancient systems of, believe it or not, traditional medicine. And they're based on these same nine principles. Now, system science is what Henry Kissinger learns, what George Soros contributed to. I used to teach at MIT, it was the most popular elective I used to teach. So, engineering system science provides you a very foundational way to actually see things as they are. You can apply these nine principles to your body, you can apply to any instrument we have around us you can apply it to political systems. And what emerges out of that is a concept of a self-organizing system, which leads to the fact that the only way systems move through really what are called phase transitions, or you call them revolutionary change, is when it's bottoms up organized. It's not top down. It's not by politicians, any system in the universe. So in the late 1800s and 1900s, the movements that really profoundly changed the world, even in the United States, was these bottoms up movements, many led by women initially, working people. And those movements were not called left or right, it was people just being abused, they started organizing. And by the early 1900s, 1930s, those movements took a ferocity that they scared the shit out of the liberal elites. In that case, Franklin Roosevelt at the time, so they were forced to give working people basic rights, you know, like eliminate child labor, certain infrastructure, clean water, clean air, all this kind of stuff. Uh, highways, roads, all of this stuff came out of that period. And by the night, yeah, a lot of that they,
1: was violent too. Blair Mountain Rebellion thing. It wasn't people running. Yeah, around well, the they're, streets they're with no hats, <laughs> this, this right, guys yeah, with exactly. guns.
0: But they were not terrorist movements. They weren't some no. guy taking. Gun. Yeah. These were popular uh Movements bottoms up, like you said, Blair Mountain. Um, you can look at the Haymarket events where four American workers were hanged. Um, after Colorado which it was, coal strikes, yeah, yeah. But but May Day came out of four American workers who were hanged, and overnight it was branded as a communist movement. So what happened by the 1950s was McCarthy, the right wing, branded all of these movements because they use the word "workers unite," which is a term that's existed long before Karl Marx. And they said, oh, all these people are communists. So they did the Red Scare. And then the left, so-called left-wing mafia, the left-wing liberals took over all these emerging organic trade unions and they became genetically engineered unions, you see? So by the 1970s, there were no more bottoms up movements. There were close to 250 million people striking in 11,000 strikes. And all of that has been wiped out of American history now. So between 1900, yeah. There's and no 19-
1: labor party. There's nobody there's no, standing up for workers anymore because of the scare. Like, oh, do you want to be? Want to get rid of private right. property? Like no one's saying that. We're just talking about <laughs> simple workers' rights, because the left, which used to at least in the way it's branded to people, be like, oh, we're we're anti corporation and we want to help the working man. Look at how it's much the they bent over for big pharma and like shut off and trust the science. You want to kill grandmas? The, They went overboard, you know, we could say balls deep on the corporations. And that was from the left. They didn't care about free speech. They all supported censorship. And the right's doing the same thing right now, that there's protests that are pro-Palestine. Like, these people need to be censored. That Neither party believes in free speech, and neither party is promoting the general welfare or standard of living for working people. They take their money and they send it to Ukraine and Israel.
0: Yeah, so so so, but what I, the reason I wanted to share that history is when you take a systems perspective, the late 1800s were the great upheaval, the early 1900s, and women right here in Massachusetts led some of the biggest uh, protests at the, you know in the Lowell sweatshops, right, and right. Um, and these labor movements were what scared the hell out of the elites. So the right wing McCarthy movement wasn't really against, quote unquote, communism. It was against the American working class rising up. But between 1900 and 1970, like I said, there were close to 11000 strikes, 250 million on the streets. And those movements are why, as the GDP grew, all of every every income quartile's wages grew. But since 1970 till today, there's been no movements. Right. 900 strikes maybe 2 million people in militant protests or in any protests. So that's what they do not want. They are fine students going and protesting, let's say, for Palestine. That's okay. But they do not want working people taking to the streets. Um, If you look what happened in Egypt, um, I don't know if you remember this, there was the um, the Arab Spring.
1: Back-to-back revelations. yeah.
0: Yeah. So there was Arab Spring where millions of students were coming out against Mubarak, the dictator of Egypt, and and that was fine, and they allowed it. But there was one day, if you go remember, um, working people took off from work, bakers, electricians, plumbers, school teachers, and they joined the students. Within hours of that happening, Mubarak called up Vodafone and he shut down the entire internet in Egypt. So all those students, Although those people we have to support, it is when work, when labor comes out to the streets in support of Palestine, or when American workers start striking, that's what puts the fear, you know, the fear of God into these people. They do not want a labor movement. So the entire labor movement has been taken over by by a bunch of mobsters, by so called the Kennedys and the Bernie Sanders and scumbags like this. So this is a, it's not the dialect, it gets a double teaming. The right wing, anytime you say, oh, I'm building a bottoms up movement, workers unite. Oh, you must be communist. And then the left wing takes that vacuum, like Bernie Sanders, AOC, all these scumbags, and they've taken over the labor movements and they sit on it. And that's what's happened. And, and because of that, um, Wall Street, for example, is run by both wings of the establishment. But what's fascinating about the issue of Zionism is the swarm, as I like to call it, the the elites love Zionism because they all unite on it. It's, It's this amazing issue that you can see the unity of the left and the right. Bernie Sanders to booby fucking Kennedy to Tulsi Gabbard to Donald Trump, all of them. And I think in an unfortunate but fortunate way, this is the litmus test of where you can figure out who's really for labor and who's really for working people in this country. Because Zionism is ultimately serves imperialism. And it's, to me, it's it's the issue of our time. By the way, we just got, you know, that video that I did got, people have been just taking it and cutting it. I think it's got like 20, 30, 40 million views. So TikTok, as you know, is run by China. China has a very close relationship with Israel. Very, very I'm close. I'm sure you're
1: banned on that. <laughs>
0: We just got banned literally about an hour ago because of that video. I've been on there for 15 years, never been thrown off. Boom. We're thrown off because we attack Zionism, right?
1: You, well, you get flack when you're over the target.
0: Exactly. It was I was so, the first
1: blanket banned person. I, I was getting banned in two thousand and five off myspace, two thousand and eight off YouTube for the first time. I said, on and on, because you can't talk about Zionism, like it, it is the litmus test. It's like, okay, it some of you are coming test. around on Ukraine because there is no chance they're winning that war anyway. So you're on to the next thing. Some of you came, maybe booby Kennedy, as you call him. you know, he was better on Covid than the rest of them. No, but he wasn't.
0: Let's talk about it. let's let's talk about better him.
1: than better than the rest of them. No?
0: No, 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 let's talk about him. This is really really important to understand this because when you take a systems approach, we won't get fucked by booby, okay? Cuz let me tell you why he's a fucker. In look, I've been involved as a scientist, you know, I still do research every day in the immune system. In 2019 I was called by the National Science Foundation to give their lecture. It was a, a lecture on the modern theory of the immune system. Engineers started
1: the the fire Fauci hashtag even before started you, the you the started
0: the fire Fauci hashtag. Idea. Now, now you got to understand. I have all the MIT credentials. I've written papers in the leading journals, so it's not like so. But I do understand the immune system and the modern theory of the immune system that I've developed. I've written on um, is very is is. It's a much more complex model of the immune system. It's the gut microbiomes involved. Your vagus nerve, the interferon system the the original model of the immune system that was used to promote vaccines came from a 1915 model ryan 1915 which was just you have the innate immune system which is everything visceral in your body and your you know your mucous membranes you know so if someone sneezes on you that's the thing that gets kicked in and then you have your adaptive immune system which creates antibodies essentially a two box model mm-hmm the immune system, and that's why John F. Kennedy, we have to understand, and we have to understand the Kennedys, because we have to get out of this organized crime syndicate that John F. Kennedy was not a nice human being. He was never supposed to even be in the Navy. He, he wasn't allowed because he had VD, venereal disease. He was a reckless human being. His father, Joe Kennedy, who was an organized criminal, made the calls because he wanted him to become president so he can get into the Navy to weave a story. And then he, blew, he had one of the major's biggest blunders, blew, blew up PT-109. And then he was saved from that, again, from his father, who spun the story as though his son was a major war hero, wrote the book for him or had ghostwriters write called Profiles and Courage So they really created this character, created the whole Camelot thing. But we have to understand the Kennedys, the CIA, FBI, they're all different organized crime wings. So I find it fascinating. Everyone's, oh, my God, Kennedy. He got killed by the CIA. Who the fuck cares? Because ultimately John Kennedy was part of, he was the biggest imperialist on the planet. He's the one who started all the stuff in South America and Vietnam. He's the one who allowed the warmonger Kissinger into the White House. But the spin, Camelot, royalty, come on. We live in America. They did all this scheming to reframe this thing. Now, Kennedy is the one who created the 1962 Vaccination Act. I don't know if you're familiar with that. The oh, 1962, yeah. that's what created the CDC elements for vaccines. It's the one that created this massive government bureaucracy. 24 years after that, people were getting injured from the vaccines, and they were suing people in federal state courts. And instead of supporting them, the brother, Ted Kennedy, who killed a woman here in, Ch- in Massachusetts, Um, was instrumental. He was a sponsor of the bill on the Senate side for the National Vaccine Injury Program, which euphemistically meant we were going to protect pharma companies. So they made sure no one could ever sue pharma companies for vaccine injuries. Ted Kennedy, another Kennedy, and all, and, and then they created more government under Health and Human Services of Vaccine Courts. All right. So Now Booby comes along who knows nothing about vaccines, by the way, he was all taught by a guy called or back ended by a guy called Mark Blacksell who lives right here in Cambridge, who's one of the biggest pharma consultants for 20 years. And he's the one who took over the emerging medical freedom movement. And what they did was they said, okay, and if you look at Kennedy's, so when I got into the medical freedom thing as a scientist, I, you know, we ran the biggest protest, uh, Ryan, in New Jersey, where we stopped the vaccine mandates, this is in 2019. Kennedy came around in his little SUV where everyone is supposed to pay homage to the vaccine injured, does his little round, and he was saying, oh, we shouldn't do a protest. Dr. Shiva is going to piss off the Democrats who I'm trying to negotiate with. Backroom deals. But it was our militant protest that's forced the tabling of the bill. So as you start doing research on him, by the way, I've done a movie with him. I used to be in Malibu. I've been in all these worlds with these fools. He endorsed Hillary Clinton, not once, not twice, three times. Did you know that, Ryan? Three times.
1: I I just say he's better than the other ones. I didn't say he was good. I
0: know. I know. But one (laughs) one fucking Lucifer is to say they're better. We got to stop this language because the reason we're in this situation is the better of two evils is resulted in. The life expectancy of children going down over the last eighty years.
1: I'm not so, in this. I'm t- I'm talking about other people's perspective, not my own. like I don't want nothing right. to do Right, that's with what I'm saying. To, to those other people
0: it. listening, to those other people listening, the lesser of two evils model. So, if you draw a graph from 1980 to today, the life expectancy is going like this. So, if you have a child your child will live a shorter lifespan than you. And this is not because of vaccines. It's not because of dirty water. It's not because of the healthcare. It's not any one thing. It's a systems issue, Brian. Right. It's a whole bunch right. of things that have been done by left and right. And so Booby right. Kennedy knows this. He knows the concept of the not so obvious establishment. And what he's done is he t- he's thinks he's very clever. So he says, oh, I vaccinated all my kids, but I want full vaccination of all Americans. If you go to rfkexposed.com, we found that video one of his former co-workers gave to us. And he believes in full vaccination, but Booby's going to do it, guess how? Through safe vaccines. he want to vaccine. jail
1: people for not agreeing with him on climate change?
0: Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but going back to COVID, he thinks he's going to make safe vaccines. So somehow he's going to take all this corrupt institutions. So you see he's still in the lineage of his uncle's. He's not saying we should repeal the 1962 Vaccination Act, which is the thing that gave government the right to inject, have right say over your body. That's the fundamental issue. We need to repeal the 1962 Vaccination Act. There can be no compromise on that. So on COVID, in the middle of March of 2020, to me, to speak truth, you got to speak it at the right time. March of 2020, if you remember, was the turning point. And what did he do in March of 2020? He was promoting lockdowns. He said, lockdowns are good. They'll stop the spread of COVID and will protect the climate, right? Trump is promoting yeah. lockdowns, So we have to really, uh, and you know, so when you know, we had to do the education, I lost 20% of my followers, all these women who want to bang Kennedy and probably, you know, they give him a ton of money. But the point is now with the Zionist issue, people are saying, shit, Dr. Shiva was right because the Zionist issue is very clear. They can try to manipulate people on medical freedom, but Zionism shows that you stand with big pharma, you stand with the CDC, you stand with big money. Israel yeah, Israel vaccinated the shit out of all their people, collected all the genomic data. They gave the lifetime achievement award to Albert Borla, who's a chairman of Pfizer. So, part of that
1: too why they went gun-ho on the vaccine is because they it was a way of denying Palestinian rights because they would only give it to their own ethnic group and you weren't allowed to open your store or drive or have basic rights unless you had this vaccine passport type of thing which they wouldn't give to the the lesser thans and so it was a way of delineating between um, there's a pecking order of different Jewish groups and then at the bottom is all the non-jews and but yeah serendipitously, it might've been to their benefit because they didn't get vaccinated.
0: <laughs> I see, yeah. but but you know, they used, they took advantage of a lot of Jewish people. We had a number of people in Israel, um, you know, part of our Truth From Health movement, they were saying that how the amount of immense pressure they were under, the subjugation that they were under in Israel, but the, they co- collected massive amounts of genomic data that they yeah. want to use, right? To build genomic profiles on, you know, let's say who gets injured, who gets injured more, that kind of thing. But Borla, who's also a Zionist hoodlum, was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award by Netanyahu. So Mm. and that's who Kennedy's supporting. So you're supporting Zionism, which vax, I mean, the the contradictions are just so immense. Um, Ryan, I think that's why the Zionist issue is such a powerful issue.
1: I have a super tough question for you. Yeah. Of of the presidential candidates, we have over here what we call the Gaffi meter, G A F I. It means grabs ankles for Israel. Besides Nikki Haley, because she's clearly the winner, who is the second worst <laughs> on the Zionist issue?
0: Well, so so what I'm saying is, I I think we have to be answer this very very appropriately. Nikki Haley, at least you know where she stands. She's very direct. She wants to butcher all the Palestinians, but so, so does Vivek the Snake. So does Donald mm-hmm. Trump. So does, uh, you know, DeSantis. He, he's e- equally on that side. It's almost, I'd rather know, as Malcolm X said, you know, the... Yeah,
1: she doesn't try to hide it, at least.
0: Yeah, she's out in the open. You know she's a fucking Zionist. But Vivek, the brown nose brown... I mean, they created that guy to literally, they said, shit, Dr. Shiva's getting all these views. Let's go find a brown skin Indian guy. The guy literally comes out of nowhere, a Manchurian candidate. Mm-hmm you know, complete fucking bullshitter. Someone just slapped the shit out of this guy. Think about what he did. He goes and raises 5 million bucks. You know the story, right? Tell I don't know if you know that. Every, everyone no, can understand I- what a piece of shit this guy Vivek the snake is. He's a piece of garbage. And he's talking about corruption. I mean, a slug could expose the corruption of Nikki Haley. That's easy. People have been doing it for Isn't, twenty he years. Has
1: such low hanging fruit. He's <laughs> it's such fucking a...
0: low. And he's not doing anything major. Oh my god! And all these stupid idiots. It's like the it's Charlie the it's
1: Church. the, ben, it's the Shapiro tactic. Like, let me make myself look good by just bashing on the most irredeemable <laughs> fool that I can't even doesn't even know exactly. on. So, but then you know?
0: have this dude, Patrick Bet David. And Charlie Kirk jacking off on each other. Oh my God. And Vivek the Snake. And I'll tell you about Patrick Betty. We'll come back to him. But anyway, let's talk about what this guy did. First of all, I'll give you many things. There's a post I did with all of this. First thing, he's got $2 million in the bank. After, you know, he goes to Harvard, hangs out with his hedge fund guys, then gets accepted to Yale Law School. And he's against affirmative action, but yet applies for an affirmative action grant. Wiley's got two million, gets the grant, accepts it. Okay, total scumbag. That's as bad as what Elizabeth Warren did. All right, then his this is it gets even more a little
1: bit worse. Like, at least he belongs to the group he claims.
0: (laughs) Well, not even, yeah. He well, she can claim one one, one thousandth, right? But remember, that would be like
1: all Caucasians,
0: yeah. Brahmins are the elites. Brahmins are the elites. It'd be like a uh, anyway, you know, it's the elites of the Indian caste system. All right, but it's for people who it's a need-based scholarship, right? So he hid the fact he had two two million bucks he had made the year before. Quite extraordinary. That's a fucking scumbag. Let me give you another one. He gets his hedge fund guys together because that's all these guys do, Ryan. They don't work like you or I. All these guys network all day, network all day. That's how they make their friends, he gets $5 million from his friends, goes to one of the biggest pharma companies in the world, GlaxoSmithKline, okay? And buys a drug that had failed for Alzheimer's. Now this drug had not failed one time. To people who understand how clinical trials work, pharma companies invest hundreds of millions doing research on a drug in the test tube, then they do it in animals, and then they have to take it through human trials. So he takes it, so GlaxoSmithKline, GSK, you can look it up, took this drug through clinical trials and it failed, Ryan, failed once. They said, oh shit, it doesn't work for Alzheimer's, let's try it for another disease, Parkinson's. Failed there, then they tried it for dementia, failed there, failed four times, all right? So he goes to GlaxoSmithKline knowing it's a useless drug, but knowing Alzheimer's is a big area, right? Buys that drug for 5 million. A failed drug and gets all their clinical trial data which showed it's failed has his mother starts a company with his mother who's a doctor has his mother review re-review the clinical data and reframe it which is called a completer analysis what's a completer analysis it means <laughs> yeah, you throw away all the data where p- who, those people who didn't complete the clinical trials and obviously they didn't complete it cuz they had side effects Right. And then you say, "Oh, the drug was very successful." And then you go on to NBC like a fucking used car salesman. Every time I hear that guy talk, I want to slap the shit out of him. He sounds like a used car he, salesman.
1: He looks like he went to charm school or something and he figured out how to pretend to to be interested. <laughs> it just <laughs> looks, "Oh yeah, oh, let me write this down." Oh, he puts his hand on people's shoulders and, "Yeah, yeah," and like it's so fake. It's just I know, man. I know, man. Brian nailed it. Than Desantis, like, "Hi, I'm Stephanie." Okay, and he just keeps walking.
0: <laughs> right, these I'm people are so I detached, think...
1: so divorced from reality. They've never, they've never interacted with normal people in their life. So sheltered, and that's what we have. Out of 300 million people, we get a bunch of snakes up there. Uh, as you said, like in a. Well, let me, let me finish with Israel. this guy.
0: Vivek the snake did.
1: Yeah, go Can so you keep he on going? His Bash his his him all day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he has his mother. No, but you, you, your observation that you made is right on, man. They don't have any connection with everyday people. So they have to go to charm school to be, quote unquote, everyday people. But those of us who are everyday people, we want to slap the hell out of these guys because you see what scumbags they are. They're just manipulating people. So anyway, he has his mother redo the data. OK, redo the data and voila, she has data now saying it's a great drug. Now, in science, look, I publish in the, in the leading journals in the world. To get published, I mean, because I do real work, I don't have friends in the publishing industry. So it'll take us three to five years to get something published, Ryan. And there's three mm-hmm. levels of publication, the highest impact journals. And then you have sort of the second tier journals. And the lowest form of publication is called a poster session that you do typically for an undergraduate, okay? Okay. It makes them feel good. They get to present where they put up a poster, okay, in a big open hall. So his mother gets a poster session with his data, which is like, you know, like morons do this, poster sessions. And using that poster session, they say, oh, we presented this at a science conference. That is what they use to market the drug. Total scam. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They raise- And it's a long
1: process to get something legitimately- tested clinical trials published and all that. Long, I didn't like go 90%. through that, but I used to, I used to teach at Nishimoto Chemtech in Japan. And so I would help them either translate or learn how to do presentations in English. So because I of said. that, I got to see all the, all of the whole process too. I was like, wow, it takes a lot to, of testing. And this it's a is a lot, of, it's a of, lot of
0: effort. And But mm-hmm. the key thing is this drug had failed four times after all that effort. So he gets his mama, right? To redo it, and she owns equity in the company. Of course. Using this bogus bullshit, they take the company public, raise millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars, and he still needed to do a clinical trial, what's called a phase three of this useless drug. Does he do it right away? No, he waits two years after he cashes out. And then he does a clinical trial and it fails. And the stock price drops 99%, Brian. 99%. And in April of 2023, uh, before they changed the name of the company, and then they shut down the company. This is a fucking scumbag. This is not a guy that innovates. It's not a guy that's ever made well, anything. Will any
1: of it. that be brought up on the debate stage? No. Nothing. Because it's like, well, if you tell on me, I tell on you. Sort Tucker, of Carlson,
0: Tucker Carlson doesn't bring it up. Glenn Greenwald doesn't bring it up. All these Do they dreams. know? Of course they know. What? These guys are investigative reporters and they don't know? The Intercept? All of them know. And what I'm saying is, in some ways you like a Nikki Haley. You like a DeSantis because you know they're going to fuck you. But this motherfucker is, as Malcolm X said, a fox. Okay?
1: Yeah. As Malcolm yeah.
0: said, the, the blue-eyed devil. Okay? That's what this guy is. <laughs> He's a Brahmin, brown nose motherfucker. And Everyone should understand if this guy's doing this at 35 or 38 years of age, the swarm has trained him well. What kind of motherfucker is he going to be in another 10 years? Pure evil. That's what he is already.
1: He reminds me of the IR majors at William & Mary. These people are just dead behind the eyes and just do anything to manipulate someone else and go around and practice it and stuff. So insincere and empty. and yet You can spot that kind of apathy in a lot of people, but I mean, they a lot all these candidates have a track record of just utter dirt, just utterly just screwing Uh people, stabbing people in the back. How did we get to a point out of a 300 million person population that the only, you know, five or six allowed on the debate stage is this trash? Do we not have anyone?
0: There's only one way out of it, but like
1: there's there's something filtering it.
0: There's only one way out of this. You know, in in 2020, we won our Republican Senate race here in Massachusetts. If you remember, I was the one who exposed the election fraud. We're the ones who discovered the backdoor portals into Twitter in my federal lawsuit, which we got federal injunctions. And none of these guys covered it because I was independent. I wasn't in the left or right camp. They always will give limelight to a fucker Carlson, okay? Who, oh, he's part of the intelligence agency who comes two years later and puts on this face. Oh my God. Is that true? And if people don't know what happened in 2020, in September of 2020, we won our Senate race, but they cheated the election. We won, there's nine counties in Massachusetts against O'Connor. Yep. We win in, in the and the guy was nowhere. He didn't even have one lawn sign up. We had 20,000 lawn signs up. We raised 2 million bucks in a primary. And when the election results come in, in September 1st, 2020, In the hand-counted paper ballot county called Franklin County, predominantly white working class, we win by 10 points. In every other county, Ryan, it was 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, and all those other counties use the machines. And that is when I had to put my hat on as an MIT engineer, and I discovered the machines have the ability to flip votes. And in order to validate that, I would need to get the ballot images, the images that are generated when the paper ballot goes through and it creates an image. Well, the state of Massachusetts has said they deleted the images in a series of four email interactions which I shared on Twitter and I said Massachusetts deleted ballot images, million ballot images. I was thrown off uh, after the government of Massachusetts contacted Twitter because that tweet was going viral. How did they do that, Ryan? It came out in federal court um, proceedings where I cross-examined with the judge that the government after CISA created backdoor portals into all of these social media companies, all right, we discovered that we told Tucker Carlson, we told Glenn Greenwald, they concealed it, and you, if people go to WinBackFreedom.com, everything's out there. Then in May, we found all the playbooks created at Harvard, the Belfer School, which gives itemized manual of how you will blacklist a U.S. citizen. I will you use this portal to suppress. And I and annihilate them. The judge was appalled at this. The judge wanted me to strike a deal to simply get back on Twitter and not expose all this. He seals the lawsuit, Ryan, and wants to strike a deal with me. I refuse. Then he wanted to sanction me. So that's and but all of this we did in 2020, man, 2021. And fucker Carlson. Twitter files. And there was a lot of.
1: There because they had Barry Weiss who was one of the people that was in charge. exactly, And so she was hiding all the worst stuff. You know, some through because of the sheer volume, but yep.
0: Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, all intelligence agents. So whenever all. the real stuff gets exposed by independent guys like us, the establishment has all of these people who try to come in and hijack the story so they can control and do what's called the limited hangout. And that's why Fucker Carlson exists. He comes from an intelligence agency family. His father is the one who created the disinformation organization of the US government to fuck up other countries. This kid, this guy's no different. So people need to understand Fucker Carlson is not your friend. And so Fucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, Booby Kennedy, Trump, uh, Vivek the Snake, at least Nikki Haley, you know where the hell she is. But all of these people are created. As a fly trap, so as Americans start getting disgruntled, they don't build a bottoms-up labor movement. They get stuck to these guys, Ryan. That's the PSYOP that's done. On the left and the right, so Bernie Sanders, same thing. All these young liberals think, oh, Bernie's going to fight for us. Well, he fucked you because he hugged Hillary after he said he wasn't going to do that, right? So that's what's going on. He's a war-mongering
1: lunatic. If you look at his voting record, they all act like he's anti-war. No, he's not.
0: (laughs) No. No, Exactly, but he wanted to invade exactly. Libya.
1: He, he supported the war in Syria. He voted to finance the Iraq war three times. Like, what are you talking about?
0: The, the system's dynamic, though, Ryan, is people understand the physics of this, then they won't go jumping from bed to bed and be political prostitutes. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned this. A very good friend of mine, very smart woman, neuroscientist at Harvard. She was running all of Bernie's campaign for New England. And this was in 2016. She said, Shiva, you're anti-establishment. You should support Bernie. I said, Bernie's going to fuck you, Lori. He's going to do exactly what Jesse Jackson did. Mark my words on the floor of the Democratic Convention. He's going to give some speech and he's going to hug Hillary. She goes, he'll never do that. She ran out of my house, calling me all sorts of names, saying I'm too critical. It's exactly what he did. So Mm -hmm. when you understand the fact that the swarm. They had like a
1: 93% overlapping voting record, him
0: and Hillary. Oh, yeah. Right. He is well, Hillary. <laughs> right. But but what I'm saying, that's true of all these guys. Go look mm-hmm. at Tulsi Gabbard. Really go look at her. She claims oh, she's no. against war. She's, she's a fucking Zionist. But she right after 9-11, yeah, let's go bomb Iraq. Right after this, let's go support the Palestinians. But you see, they're Orwellian because they're literally who they say they're not. But they say all the right words. They're given access to Fox News. So anyone who's on mainstream media, even who's controversial, but on mainstream media, they're part of the act. They're the theater. They're part of the Shakespearean play. And once Americans understand this, Ryan, and they realize, fuck, that's when they're going to realize we have to build a bottoms up movement. I have to get out. I have to hand out a flyer. I have to understand the dynamics of this. That And it's, it's not a sexy thing. But for 70 years, we have not built these movements. And that's the only way they're taught
1: to have like the leader on the hill instead of, yes, instead of a collective push like Gore Vidal or, or, uh, oh my gosh, name people. Well, Gore
0: Vidal Vidal said Um, some good shit, but he was your neoliberal elite. Okay. mm -hmm. So they, they wouldn't get their hands dirty. So that's why Ryan, when I figured all this shit out from a scientific standpoint, from an engineering standpoint, you know, we realized, and I've known this since I was a kid, you know, when I was at MIT, I used to organize massive protests because I learned that it was bottoms up movements. And that's if Howard we Zin keep the What's that?
1: Howard Zinn is what I was thinking of. I just Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. But you yeah. Know, it, Zin, it shows
1: the labor movement was a series. Of, it's not like some hero that's like everybody this. It was just lots of people, lots of women, like you said, lots of just everyone at once working, chipping away at it, not just some sudden blow. It's, uh, it's a movement and it's collective.
0: It's collective, but it has to be from working. People actually work for a living. Look, I used to know Chomsky, you know, no, okay? When I was at MIT and Zinn and all these guys. The problem with all these guys is they're intellectuals who are in academia. They can analyze something. They can tell the truth, but rarely do they take action in a significant way because they're not going to have their cozy jobs in academia. And this is the problem with academic intellectuals who just live in ivory towers. They're not. So it's ultimately working people, engineers, plumbers, electricians who have to survive. When they get involved in a movement, that's what they don't want to happen, Ryan. So they want to take that vast majority of people actually produce shit and they want them one year saying, oh, vote for Obama. Hope. OK, we used him for two years. He saved the big banks for us. Now let's. we need someone to save big pharma. Let's bring in Trump. Oh, okay. We're done with him. What the fuck do we do now? Okay. Uh, now in my view, the elites are desperate. They don't know what the fuck to do. And you see it in the GOP debates. It's not like they have a clear person. So they're trying a brown nose, big pharma brown noser here. Then they got over here, you know, Trump out in the outskirts, right? They're actually in desperation. And it's because you know, over the last since 2020, we've been exposing the not so obvious establishment, Ryan. The critical thing is, it's not the obvious establishment; it's the not so obvious establishment, and that's yes, why controlled I,
1: opposition. Yes, here's Chomsky. Here's here's we. Yes,
0: he wanted unvaccinated
1: so, to just remove himself from society.
0: Right. <laughs> so, so this is a problem. You see, when you're an intellectual and you're living in the intellectual world, you get you see you may say oh the elephant has a tusk but they don't see the elephant's tail they don't see the ears they're looking at a part they're reductionist in their thinking they're not systems guys
1: well that's i want to bring it back to uh to satan yahoo um
0: that's a good term people
1: just take a look at this israeli victim of rave massacre buried outside cemetery due to incomplete conversion to judaism she was how sick, And she was probably killed by by the IDF, as we have all the evidence now of Franks right. and Apaches just clearly just mowing down everybody. Your corpse is not even good enough to be buried in this land because you weren't Jewish enough. That is so disgusting. God's chosen lunatics. And now we've got satan yahu who who is already on corruption charges for trying to limit the little bit of division of powers that were left uh, away from the Supreme Court and the courts. And he's also under graft charges. And one of them is from receiving gifts from Arnan Milchan, the executive producer for the JFK movie and the largest arms dealer to Israel. These two worked together in the past through Heli Trading Company. Arnan Milchan was smuggling Krytron triggers from the United States and sending them to Israel, something you need for nuclear weapons. And on the other side, on the receiving end, was Netanyahu. And then he ends up becoming prime minister. This is all coming to bite him in the ass, but not for the right reasons. They don't want him out because he's butchering babies in Gaza. To, it's all about, it's just his political rivals, the Hood barak and the rest of them that want him out because it's a power grab. Like, oh, this guy's guilty. He's going after the courts. I don't think he's going to survive another three months. But it's a, you said in the earlier in this talk, you were talking about how they want to go after Iran's nukes that don't exist. It's really funny that they've been threatening to use Israeli nukes, which the United States said, acts like <laughs> they're just ambiguous about it. Like, what nukes? Israel doesn't have nukes. Now suddenly, okay, they have nukes and they might use them against Iran if Iran threatens them. Everyone needs to know how Israel acquired its nukes and its nuclear material, and it was through theft of the United States. And that it's is through, another reason it's good
0: fast And it's also through a very deep alliance that we all knew in the 1980s, Ryan, with South Africa. So in 1980, yep. a major report came out with the South African intelligence agency, Mossad in South Africa developed 250 nuclear weapons. This was in 1984. So they've mm-hmm. had nuclear weapons for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, getting back to this point, right? If If you look at the timeline, And and there's a long timeline, it's really not that long, it's about 80 years long. Everyone needs to know that, this is a very, very simple, but it it cannot be overemphasized, that Zionists and Nazis work very, very closely together. They were collaborators. Um, Zionists um, were capital imperialists. They wanted to have a land where they could send a lot of wealth over, and it was a way for Nazis to send wealth over. Their Habra agreement that was signed was yeah, between
1: 39. Yep,
0: 39. But in 1933, you had people like Adolf Eichmann working very, very closely uh, with Zionists. And they yeah. perpetuated anti-Semitism because then they would go to the Jews and say, see, why are you here? Because what was happening was. it was more than
1: that they actually did false flags like levon affair and magic carpet where they would physically attack diaspora jews to scare them into moving to palestine Exactly, gotta go real soon i just want to play this one minute clip here's our definition of zionism on the anti-neocon report zionism fascism with a mythological rationalization for terrorism and territory It's difficult for normal people to fathom the mindset of psychopaths. It is hard for sane people to understand the fanaticism of the God is a real estate agent crowd. And for some reason, so long as a group can maintain victimhood status, they can deflect and excuse their current abhorrent behavior. The individuals who would make up the first Israeli government institutions were the same people who formed terrorist organizations where by any means necessary they would get Jews to move to Palestine even if it meant working with the Nazis even if it meant murdering children The Haganah, Ergun, and Stern Gangs were involved in terrorism well before the creation of Israel It's not on purpose, but it just happened to segue beautifully with the clip I had prepared when you're talking about the relationship. So, so, I mean,
0: I think if, Ryan, a couple of points, uh, just 30 seconds before we leave, I want to just emphasize to people um, what you just shared. Everyone should go do their own research on, because when you look at Ergun uh, and all these gangs, the Zionists and Nazis collaborated and they hated Jews. Um, They destroyed and they uh, butchered, and they uh, uh, disarmed Jews who were actually fighting fascism, which is what the, the anti-fascist movement in Europe wanted to do. They wanted to oust Hitler, and Zionists backstabbed that entire movement, and every Jew who's a Zionist needs to get your head out of your ass. Listen very carefully. Zionists fucked the Jews up in in Europe, and they collaborated with Hitler, so they murdered God. them in
1: Palestine too. Look up the SS Patri, everybody. I got films on it. Yep. I, I really got to go. I have a, getting my visa for Korea. So
0: definitely oh really, want to okay. have you
1: back on. We could have done a two hour show. But right, Dr. Man. Shiva, people uh, tell everybody real quick how to support you and where to find
0: right, everyone. Simple thing. Go to Shiva numeral four, president.com. I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm going to ask you to volunteer. I'm going to ask you to um, get a bumper sticker. These bumper stickers, 100,000 people see it on the back of your car. It's a good way to say F you to the Zionists. Okay, put it on the back of your car. 100,000 people see it. There's a flyer there. Go to the downloads. Download it, become an activist. It'll educate people what's going on in this country. And then become a Truth, Freedom, and Health warrior. Understand the dynamics here. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com, And thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, you know, John is co-streaming this. John, will, John, please play the video, if you're listening, John, of the Anthem video. Um, so people understand how to go to truth, freedom, health. Thanks, Ryan. Be well, be the light. Best to you and your family. And thank good you. Luck we'll with have you again. Let's do it yeah. again, man. Great. <laughs> I'm really glad you shared that stuff.
1: Not, okay. we'll, we'll be back soon.
0: Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste, untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system, and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, place, by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India, to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter, I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America, they've printed trillions for their friends, they delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism, they've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fearmongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker, we've been sold out one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed our false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed our fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back Truth Freedom Health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shiva Durey, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shiva Durey and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for President.